Episode 5, I am your host Dan Brosman, and better late than never. Yes, I am sorry that this is coming out late. Um, I tried to do one every two weeks, but due to some health issues that I've been having lately, uh, unfortunately, I have fallen behind both on my podcast and my YouTube channel, but hopefully tonight we can get an episode in and recorded for my podcast and then tomorrow I will probably shoot a video for my YouTube channel and then we can start editing all that and have this out by the end of the week. That being said, unfortunately uh folks there and for the time being I will have to forego the beer review. Uh, That's kind of uh, goes along with what my doctor is telling me. Unfortunately, uh, I can, I can, I can't eat and drink whatever I want, whenever I want, and how much ever I want, if that makes any sense. Who knew that that is not good for you? So... Yes, he he didn't say specifically no alcohol, but uh, a diet is something that I'm doing right now, and unfortunately, beer is never included in any diet that I have ever seen, at least a healthy diet. One of these days, we are going to get back to that and do everything in moderation, but until then, uh, I have paid the price, and now we must you know, cut certain things out for at least a little bit. All right. So what are we going to go over today? Well, I, what I heard before, and I talked about in the last episode, the Super Mario Brothers 35th anniversary uh, deal was correct. There are things coming out. Uh, And since the last time we talked, Nintendo has made that official, which is fantastic, but there was more, to that than I thought was going to come out. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about arcade machines and collecting for them and maybe getting one for your game room and pinball machines. I am not an expert on any of those things, but that seems to be uh, uh, something that's been coming up as far as one-up cabinets, uh, other manufacturers trying to bring that arcade cabinet experience to the average person at home. Okay. So the last time we talked, I was excited about the prospect of there being a game compilation coming out with Super Mario Brothers uh, 64. And then it was going to be Mario Sunshine and Mario Galaxy. And, of course, the the big one I was excited about was the Mario 64. Not that I don't like the other two, but Mario 64 is what I'm, I have the most fondest memories of. 
And as it turns out, this is for real. It is coming out on September 18th. You can pre-order it on uh, the Nintendo website for digital copy. And I believe uh, for your physical copy, it will come out uh, Best Buy, Amazon, and believe there was one other place. I reserved my physical copy through Best Buy. And yeah, the that's fantastic. And while originally I had pre-ordered it on the Nintendo website, and then I was like, well, wait a minute. I think that's digital. So I canceled that, and then I went to Best Buy. So either which way, it's awesome that they're coming out with this. Unfortunately, they are doing a limited release. So I would not wait on this, especially if you want the physical copy. Because, you know, I've, if, I don't know if it's an open order for, for the limited run or if it's like, hey, you know what, we're going to do, uh, we're going to set a limit here on how many we're going to do as far as a physical copy. And then that's it. Once that's done, it's done. But I have a feeling that since, you know, it's being... It's on more than one website to buy. I, I don't know how a limited, uh, like if they if they didn't do an open pre-order. I don't know if that would really work if they if they hit a, a solid number that they were gonna only do. And then the phys- and uh, rather the digital copy is limited as well, which is really odd. And I believe you have till March, so you you do have some time. But at March, I believe it's March, uh, 2021, that's it. They're going to they're gonna stop it, and you will no longer be able to get it. Which, I, you know, <laughs> this is totally Nintendo. You know, because they do the weirdest stuff like this. You know, it, it goes back to the Nintendo Classic or Mini, you know, and, and you know, why why limit yourself? I never understand this with when Nintendo does stuff like this. I I, I I it never it makes no sense to me why they do stuff like this. And maybe the fact that people are talking about it is the reason why and the the genius behind the madness, but hey, whatever. Make sure you get your stuff early. And just know that at a certain point that this will no longer be available. And you best believe that when it's no longer available, that you're going to go on eBay and see people selling it for buco bucks. That's just the way it is. If you have been any part, taken any part in the video game world and buying video games, you know that as soon as you can't get something that people may still want, that that is people, I'm not going to say, well, you know, scalpers are going to put it out there to rip people off and make money. So it is It is what it is. You know, it's video game, the video game world doesn't have the market on that. I mean, that's with a lot of other things, but, oh, okay. Anyway, uh, so... That is not, turns out, the only thing that they are doing for the 35th anniversary for Super Mario. 
They are also going to release uh, Super Mario 3D World, and that comes out February 12th of 2021. And that was a Wii U game, uh, from what I understand. And I want to say that I have it on my 3DS as well. I am really excited about that. I will definitely pick that up. I love that game. It's, you know, it's uh, it's kind of a, it's a 3D Mario game, obviously. Mario 3D World. But uh, it's, a, it's a real cute game, and it's a lot of fun. And it's just it's just a good solid thing. I'm I'm so glad that they're bringing it over. You know, a lot of people will say, you know, why don't you come out with Switch needs to come out with more original stuff instead of just porting stuff from the Wii U. And I agree. But on the also, it, what does it matter? I mean, how many people really bought the Wii U? I mean, really, not a lot. So you know, bring it over. What the hell? I mean, how how hard can it be to bring that over? So anyway. And then they're also releasing uh, the Super Mario Brothers Game & Watch, which I thought that was really interesting and kind of nice. I don't know that I will get that, but that drops on November uh, 13th of this year. And it's if you're not familiar with what the Game & Watch was back in the day, you know how the old school handheld games would go before the Game Boy, you would have... You know, I, I forget what they call it, like a chromium or something screen. You know, it was the the black and the and the gray screen, and there would be you know different spots in there that would light up. You know, for the different animations. You know, it really wasn't a true, uh, you know, monitor or television screen as we know it today for mobile games. But this one's a little different because not only is it going to be uh, a, a clock, because obviously Game & Watch, and not only will you be able to play the original games that came on that uh, original Game & Watch, but you're also going to be able to play two other games, the original Mario Brothers and Mario Brothers 2, but the Lost Levels, so Japanese version of Mario Brothers 2. And some would say the true Mario Brothers 2. Whatever. And I think that's really cool. Will I pick it up? I don't know. I don't know how much that's going for. I didn't really look into it, but I know it's coming out November 13th, so I got some time to think about it. Thing of it is, is like, you know, if it's in the if it's in the $30 range, yeah, I might pick it up. But if it's more than that, I mean, really, how much am I going to touch this thing to play it? probably close to never it would just be something to sh sit on my shelf as a collector really but that i thought that was kind of neat they will also be coming out with <laughs> this next thing is i i don't know if i'm going to get it but i think this thing is so cool and it's very very ambitious here uh super mario brother or super mario i'm sorry mario kart live home circuit so, what this is, is a Mario Kart game, but you actually, along with the, the game, the software, you also buy a physical toy, like a remote control toy, and it looks like Mario in a go-kart, and it's got a camera on it, and I believe it also comes with uh, a couple other, like the, the beginning, like gate that you put over the racetrack and the end. 
and you actually put it in a room in your house and somehow you design a track to go around your house however you want to do it i'm not we're not really sure how that's going to work yet how that how that happens but you play it in mobile mode in handheld mode the switch and you actually drive the physical car with your switch and it goes around this track that you made in your house and it's just like a normal Mario Kart game but it's through your house and I think this is totally cool I'm probably gonna pick it up it comes out October 16th I don't know if I'll buy it right away but I I'm definitely interested now how well this is going to work is probably the reason why I'm not going to pick it up day one. This is definitely a novelty, um, at least in my eyes. It's not something that I don't think you're just going to sit down, fire up the TV, and and just go and play. You know, especially if you got a if there's some prep time here to you know clear the room. You're going to have to have a room to where you have enough room to to drive these carts, and they're not big. I mean, if you go on YouTube or just internet and Google that name, you're going to come up with the trailer they have for it. And it's, I think it's cool. It's neat. You know, I mean, Nintendo with all their quirks uh, and and stuff that sometimes makes you scratch their head, they, they are definitely not scared of trying new things out and, and, and pushing the bar a little bit. And I think that's great because, you know, I mean, as, and I go back to the Wii U, as much as the Wii U was a failure ultimately in the big scheme of things, and I'm not, that's not me saying that it was a bad system. I don't know. I've never played it. I'm just saying as far as the numbers go, as far as sales and all that, you know, they they tried something new. They tried something different, you know, bringing that tablet in, and I know there's a lot of people that love playing that that system. And, um, you know, they tried it out and, you know, it just didn't take off. People just didn't catch on to it like other other systems. And But that's okay. You know, they tried. They tried and there's, you know, if you fail and don't try anything different, I think is worse than trying something different and failing. And, you know, Nintendo's big enough to where they can afford to, to do that. And the last thing they have coming out is something called Super Mario 35. And this is this is going to be a game for uh, the Nintendo online subscri- uh, subscribers. So if you're subscribed to N- the Nintendo online, um, this is going to be a game that you can play. And pretty much, I'm trying to remember the exact name of it, but it, it, it kind of reminds me of that Tetris game that came out earlier this year. That you play online and you play against other people. And it's just like a crazy thing where, you know, however well you do, you can send, you know, uh, the bad, you know, when you, you know, in Tetris, when you get a Tetris and then it slams down, you know, a whole bunch of blocks on the other person. And, you know, I think it was like Tetris Ultimate or something. And you can, you could send it to a whole bunch of other people that are on screen with you you know, and trying to, you know, ruin their game so you can be the last one standing. 
if I butchered that description, I'm sorry. But chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you have an idea, you know what I'm talking about. Well, they're doing the same thing, but with Super Mario Brothers, the original. So you're going to have a whole bunch of other people. Well, I'm guessing 35, (laughs) I, I think, you know, playing with you. And it's you starting off in the original Super Mario Brothers. And as you hit the different enemies, they're going to send those enemies to someone else's screen as they're playing. And then they got to deal with those enemies. And it's just going to be a big kind of melee. And, you know, I'm not a subscriber of Nintendo Online, but this may make me sign up. Even if it's just for a little while, just to play this. Because this sounds so much fun. And I've never tried that Tetris out. Because I'm horrible at Tetris. So I didn't want to go on there and just continually get my butt whipped. But this may be different. Because I'm not bad at, at Super Mario Brothers. I do I do okay with it. And so, I mean, that's it. You know, I mean, surprisingly enough, this is a lot more than uh, I thought that Nintendo was going to do. Oh, by the way, Super Mario Brothers 35 uh, launches on October 1st. So you have the Super Mario 3D All-Stars game with the the three, the, the Mario 64, uh, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy, and that comes out September 18th. You have Super Mario Brothers Game and Watch, and that comes out November thirteenth. Super Mario Three uh, D World, February twelfth of twenty twenty one, and Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, and that's October sixteenth. So, there you go. Start saving now because there are a lot of things to spend your money on coming up. So, I live on the edge of of watching people that collect arcade cabinets. Arcade cabinets are something that I kind of have a passing interest in, but I've never really dived into it with my whole, uh, you know, attention. And... When I moved into our new house uh, a handful of years ago and built my game room, I then had room to have an arcade machine. Well, arcade machines are expensive. And, you know, I mean, even even like the, the used ones, you know, can be hundreds of dollars, if not thousands. You know, usually, I mean, I don't know. I think they can be like maybe 12. I think 1,200 is like the most I've ever seen. But like I said, I never really got into it to see what it would cost for like a new one. And I always thought uh, that I would have one one day. And now, now it got my juices flowing because I'm like, I have this game room. I have a spot for it. Let's start looking into this. And I, my first thought was like, well, I I don't want to spend, you know, a thousand dollars on a new machine, but I want something that plays a whole bunch of different games. And if you have followed Metal Jesus Rocks on his channel, 
you know that he has that meme arcade machine that he made. I don't know. Now it's probably been five or six years ago. And what he did was he pretty much went, I think, on Craigslist and found an old arcade machine that 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 was for sale for re- relatively cheap. I think he spent like 200 bucks on it. And he bought that and took all the guts out of it because it didn't work. It was already, you know, it was already fried. And him and uh, Grandmaster Paul sanded it down, refinished it, and they made a, a pretty cool arcade machine. And I'm like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. That's really what I want to do because, I mean, that's the easiest. I'm not the most technical guy, but I could probably figure that out. I could, you know, I'm not the handiest dude either. So so I started looking. I started shopping to see if I could find, you know, a, a cabinet that nobody really wanted a lot of money for, you know, preferably one that didn't work anymore. So because I'm, I was going to take this thing apart. Yeah, I wasn't going to keep the tube television in it or monitor. I wasn't going to keep the board. And what I found was that at that time, what I was running into was either broken ones that people wanted, still wanted quite a bit of money for, or you would find ones that people realized that, you know, there was nothing to be done with this thing because everything on the inside was just so far gone. But the actual casing, the cabinet, was pretty beat up. And, you know, obviously what you're going to get for maybe a couple hundred bucks ain't going to be, you know, all that great. But, you know, you at least want something that you could sand down all the rough edges and then paint. And then you can go ahead and do what you got to do with it. But, you know, if there's like water damage on the bottom, because a lot of those... You know, cabinets, I, I, I think, may got a particle board, and, you know, you get water on that, and they just swell up, and it just ruins everything. And, you know, I mean, especially if these cabinets have been in a bar or something somewhere, you know, people people are not being gentle with them, probably. So I was having difficulty finding a cabinet to redo, and I was pretty bummed about it. And then... Uh, I was watching an episode uh, of Nintendrew, and I don't know if you guys know who that is, but he is a YouTuber, and um, he doesn't put out that much content anymore, Not as le- at least not as often as he used to. Still a great channel, seems to be a really nice guy, and he had downloaded some uh, construction plans off the internet and made... Uh, pretty much a cabinet out of, you know, just raw, like, particle board, I think it was. But it was a a dock for his uh, switch. So he would put his switch in there, and then he had up top a couple of um, joystick controllers. I I, I think they were wired in. I don't remember. It's been a while since I watched the episode. But then underneath, uh, he had a mini fridge, which was really cool, I thought. And I was like, well, you know, I don't really want the mini fridge part of it, but the cabinet part is pretty interesting. And him and it looked fairly easy for him to do it. 
And uh, I only laugh because, you know, and I'm going to get to it. On my journey, oh, putting together a cabinet of my own. And, but where his was for the Nintendo Switch, I wanted mine for, to emulate arcade games. And, you know, have a, a collection of them, you know. I mean, just have like the old-fashioned machine down in my, my game room. And I started trying to figure out how I'm going to do that. Well, you know, you build the cabinet and you can get, uh, you know, the arcade sticks. Uh, there's companies that make really good ones, you know, with the trackball or whatever. But that starts to get expensive um, with this, that alone. And then, you know, using an old computer, putting all that software on there and, you know, you got to know how to do all that. And, you know, I'm sure if I really put the time in, I could do it or at least find somebody I know that would be able to help me out and do that. But then you start getting into, you know, having to set all that up. And, you know, I started looking into it. And it a lot of times with something like this, it gets to be more than what I want to do, right? So I want – so it kind of – the the project kind of sat in limbo for a while while I just hee-hawed over what I was going to do or him and hawed or whatever, you, however you say it. And then one day I was on the YouTubes, as I do, and I came across something called Pandora's Box. And I'm sure you guys know what that is, but uh, for the people that don't know what it is, Pandora's box is something I believe that's made in China. And it is a dual stick uh, box. And in this box is uh, all the electronics for with the computers and everything. And it has a, uh, depending on which one you get, it has thousands of games on there. And it's totally plug and play. So you just power this thing on, HDMI to your TV, and boom, you have a twin stick, uh, you know, basically arcade going straight to your TV. And I said, that's brilliant. That is flipping brilliant because all I need to do instead of having uh, a docking port for my Switch, I'm going to change this up and have it be a dock for the... Pandora's box, right? Because that's pretty much all I was looking for. And it was like, it, it, that's as easy as it got. Everything was all in one. I just got to slide this thing in here, and here we go. So I order my Pandora's box. Now, the one thing you got to understand with this these Pandora's boxes, is, first of all, this stuff coming from China, is it legal what they're doing with all these games on there? And I'm, I probably know the answer to that for sure, but I'm going to say 90% sure that no, <laughs> it is not legal as far as all the games on there. I highly doubt that these companies have licenses to use all these games. That being said, you know, I was like, well, I'm still okay with this, right? So now you or now I go online and you realize that like which Pandora's box do you want? Because they have a million different versions, and none 
none of them are the same. They may look the same, but the games on the inside may not be. It's like when they when they put each one of these together, they're just like, ah, we'll just throw these games on it. So finding ones with the games you want is nearly impossible, at least to get specific with the games you want. So I ordered one, and I, it was just, you know, throwing darts at a dartboard, hoping that, you know, there's going to be a lot of games on there. I think mine has, I think I have like a 1,000 or 2,000 games on there. So I'm like, there's going to be something that I want to play on there. And I'm just, you know, this is just a total DIY cabinet here. So I got the wood. And the, the plans I kind of had to make on my own. So I start putting this thing together, right? I cut everything out in the garage. And, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say that this thing went smoothly because it definitely did not. I, I, I always think of a project before I start it being much easier than after I'm in the middle of it. And I'm thinking, Jesus, what did I get myself into? And what am I doing here? This looks horrible. But you keep going because you have that vision and it's like, I'm going to be that guy with this freaking arcade cabinet in my game room come hell or high water, right? So I get all the pieces and I'm like, well, I'm going to assemble it in the basement and then I'll paint it in the basement. Okay. That was mistake number one. Not the assembly necessarily, but the painting. So I bring it down because I don't want to have to have a fully assembled cabinet and then figure out how I'm going to get this heavy thing down the basement. Because I use some heavier uh, heavier wood uh, pieces than what that Nintendo used. And he didn't have, I don't think he had to, to take it up or down some stairs. So, so I'm like, I'm just going to put it all together in the basement and then I'm going to paint it. Well, here's the thing. So I used, what is it, that MSD board or or whatever, and you can't use normal latex paint on it because it soaks that 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 wood will the board will soak in all that the water and the moisture, and then it'll then it'll bubble and swell and it ruins it. So you would have to use an oil-based paint, and that's like what you get in like spray paints. And stuff like that. And they also sell it. You know, I mean, it's just it's just oil-based. And all I was looking was to do black. So I, I painted as much stuff up outside as I could. But the majority of it, I was just going to paint when I was done putting, like, the shell of it together. So let me tell you about that. Painting it wasn't a problem. What came after it was a problem. So now I had just in a room that's not well ventilated in my basement painted something that was oil petroleum based and so now there's fumes and i'm thinking well i'll just keep the door open i'll run some fans it'll be fine okay and it was pretty much fine it wasn't like i was passing out or anything but here's the other thing. I have my washer and dryer for my clothes down here. And what happened was I washed some clothes and then I go to dry them. And now the heat from my dryer t 
takes the vapors that were in the air and then set them on fire. But it ingrained them in my clothes and in my dryer. So it smelled like, it almost smelled like burnt rubber. And it took me, like an idiot, it took me like a little bit to figure out what in the hell happened here? Why does this smell so bad? And then I was like, wait a minute. It's that damn paint that I used on the arcade machine. Like, oh man. So, long story short, eventually I had to run it a couple times. I had to keep trying to get air out my basement. But eventually, it was only like a couple days. It it was all clear. And, you know, I had to do, I forgot what I had to do to, I had to wash my clothes a couple times. Because that stuff was in there. I mean, it literally smelled like burnt rubber. <laughs> and I tell that story to some people that are, you know, handier than I and more in the know. And they were like, you're an idiot. What did you think was going to happen? I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm like, I, I, I've never used it. I always use latex paint. So anyway, I get it all together. I, you know, I buy a normal TV, certain size. I think it was like a 24 inch, maybe just a cheapy one from Walmart, mounted it in there. And I, or and then I used for speakers, I used an old set of computer speakers I had. And I got to tell you, it didn't turn out half bad. I was I was really surprised. Now, I don't think it turned out nearly as good as the one Nintendo made cuz he was he was following instructions and I was basically trying to build it with the intent of it being a docking port for that Pandora's box. So I had to change up the dimensions of on the fly. But it works. It works. And, you know, there's a lot of games on there, a lot of games I love to play, you know. But, you know, that Pandora's box, it's hit or miss because some of the games run really well and then some of them don't. A majority of them do. So, but a lot of the the old arcade games on there, which you would think, why would you have a problem, why would this thing have a problem running, were either running too fast or there was something not quite right with them. So the nice thing was you can also hook up a Raspberry Pi to the back of the Pandora's box and use that as a controller because there's USB ports on the back of the Pandora's box. So what I did was I made, you know, I just got a small can of kit with a small uh, micro SD card and put, set it up with RetroPie and downloaded the games that I wanted to play on there. Now, the problem with that being is I have not figured out how to to get the two players, uh, the two controllers to work on the Raspberry Pi. I can just do the one. But, and I've messed with it and messed with it, but you know, at the end of the day, I was just like, you know what? It don't matter because I can still switch back to the games that came on the Pandora's box, switch over to that and play that like how that came. And that's good enough because there's most of those games on there are twin stick for, for two people. And I know I've kind of gone on and on about this cabinet, but here's the, here's what I'm trying to get to because 
when you go to these arcade, try to do an arcade cabinet and buy one, it's so expensive. And if you're a person like me who who's always dreamed about having something like that in their house or in their game room or their man cave or whatever, if I can put one of these things together, you can too. And the great thing about YouTube is there's plenty of of people out there doing stuff like this where you can look it up. And you may not do exactly what they do, but it gives you ideas as far as how you may want to go about doing it. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are handier than I am and they're more technical savvy than I am because maybe that's just their background. And those people, if you're that person, you're going to have a much easier time than I did. And what comes out of it, you're going to have a much, much better thing probably. But that doesn't mean if you don't have any of that stuff that you can't do it. Because trust me. And I'm going to actually, I think my next video on my YouTube channel, uh, the Midwest Media Show, I'm going to go over the cabinet, how it is now. Now, I'm, I do have plans in the future to kind of upgrade it and put LED lights on it and this and that. But I am going to go over it and show people just so they, you guys can see what it looks like. And I, you know, and, and, and if you really want, I mean, you can go out there and spend the money and get yourself the real deal, Holyfield. And that's another thing I want to go into now, because now you have options. If you don't want to build it and, you know, you don't necessarily want to spend all that money and the real deal, Holyfield, now you got companies making stuff that may scratch that itch that you have. And of course, Arcade One Ups, the first company that I'm going to talk about because they're the biggest one out there right now doing stuff like this. And one, Arcade One Up makes arcade machines for the home, but they are three fourths size of a normal one. And they have a whole bunch of different kinds. I'm not going to go over, you know, all the different kinds because now, you know, they used to only have like three or four, but now they, they've, they've just come out with a bunch. And usually, each system has like four or five different games on there. And some of them with the trackball, some of them with, you know, the regular joysticks, but for whatever games you have on there. And those usually go for like anywhere from $200 to $400 or $500, I should say. And, you know, the regular ones are just a 200, but, you know, they have like the, the NBA Jam and the Tur- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and those are four uh, controllers on there. So it's a bigger machine. And then on top of that price, you can also get a pedestal that makes it a little bit taller. I, I think it's like maybe another two feet taller. I'm not sure. But and I and then you have to spend the money in that, and I, I'm not exactly sure how much those pedestals cost. I should have looked that up, but now I'm thinking I haven't. But anyway, so you have that option. If you don't have the pedestals, I believe you ha- it's pretty low to the ground, so you have to pretty much sit on a chair to play it. But I mean, it looks like a regular arcade machine, just smaller. And you do have to put it together, but it's like putting together something from Ikea. You know, the, the electronics are plug plug and play. It's not like you have to wire this thing and it's going to be, you know, a big deal. 
because I've seen people doing it on YouTube, and it if they can do it, anybody can do it. And you know that may be the option that you want to do. It's it's plug plug and play pretty much, and it's giving you that that arcade feeling at home. Now I will say, in the beginning and still now, I'm hearing that the quality of these machines sometimes can be a little bit questionable. And I think that they have gotten better as time has gone on. But I still, I know that people still do have problems with them time to time. I know the original, one of the original things was um, the paint on the top of it would rub off on your hands uh, after using it for a a little while and then they came out with it well if you call we can we'll send you this covering this plexiglass covering that uh, you can install over the top so that's not an issue anymore and now they now that's just part of the build they do that with all of their their new cabinets going forward so they were listening to that but i also know that monitors uh going out have been an issue the guys from Gaming Off the Grid, if you follow them, which chances are you do, you know that they had that, I think it was the Street Fighter one, where they hadn't played it all that much, and it was just over a year they'd had it, and the screen goes out, and Arcade 1-Up says, sorry, there's nothing we can do. And that's, you know... <laughs> Maybe they didn't know who these guys were, but I don't think you want uh, that kind of publicity, especially from a gaming channel that's going to, that could, they're not going to make or break the company, but, you know, it's definitely, you don't want a bad word getting out there. But on the other hand, I've also heard that, you know, their customer service is pretty good that, you know, they're quick to respond and take care of people. And, you know, maybe in that first year they do, but I don't know. I mean, it it is what it is, I guess. So it's just you're taking a chance a little bit, especially after that first year, you know, that warranty. But you're not spending a whole bunch of money on a full life-size cabinet. And supposedly, every now and again, uh, you know, you hear people, it's like, well, I was at Walmart, and I seen an arcade one-up, and they were they were on, like, sale for 100 bucks, or you can get them for super cheap. Now, I've been through my Walmarts here, and, you know, I got, like, three that are within driving distance of me here, and, you know, a couple targets, and I have never seen them below their their normal retail price. So... To whoever else is out there saying that, you know, they found them in their neck of the woods for a lot lower. Excuse me. (coughs) More power to you. And good on you. You know, unfortunately not around here. And there are also other companies that we have seen that are making machines at games. And I know there's a lot of people out there going, oh, God. Now, you know, <laughs> Ad Games does not have a good record either of quality. And, like, they really don't. But they came out with something called uh, Legends Ultimate uh, Home Arcade. And this is more of a full-size 
cabinet than the one up and it has a whole bunch of games on there and i didn't it's more of a uh i should say classic arcade games from the 80s more setup where you know the a lot of the one-up ones are do 90s they do the old stuff too but you know they do a lot of the 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 16 bit and and up but at games uh the legends ultimate home arcade i've also heard iffy things about that as well and you know that is definitely not a surprise it being an at games and i've seen people put it together it's another machine that he got to put it together and obviously it's going to be a little bit more involved because it's a bigger machine than the one-ups are and i've and i i gotta be honest with you i have toyed with maybe buying one myself but it's it's 550 bucks and i and as of right now that's and today is what september 7th or 8th yeah 8th and boy i mean i think I really, at that price point, I really think that you just maybe want to try and do it yourself. I mean, really, because I don't know. Ad games, I mean, they make all those plug and play machines and that are okay in the best of times. We definitely have seen them when it's not okay in the worst of times and they're really not okay. So... But in those instances, you're not spending $550. You're spending, you know, $30 maybe, 20 bucks, whatever machine it is. And, you know, so if that thing ends up being a big piece of garbage, yeah, you're out 20, 30 bucks, but it isn't the end of the world. You buy something for 550 bucks and it's a piece of garbage and, and, you know, who knows what their deal is about returns or whatever, but all of a sudden you may be out 550 bucks. I would be pretty pissed. You're definitely going to not be happy with that. And, you know, owning an arcade machine and getting into that, you know, there there are two levels to that. There's the, the people like me that I just want an arcade machine down here so I can play it casually, to have it on in the background, you know, when I'm not playing it, but when I'm hanging out in my game room and it just sits back there and looks cool while I'm not playing it, right? And then you have the guys that are the collectors. And those guys run deep. And a lot of those guys are pretty tech savvy too because they know how to kind of fix them. Because with those machines, you have the boards that slide into those old machines and they have the games and the ROMs and the capacitors and the resistors and, you know, all that stuff that I don't know anything about and don't claim to know anything about. And that's another thing too. Not only do you have people that collect machines like that, but a lot of people just collect the boards. And they will get a harness in their one machine that they have. Uh, I think it's called a JAMA harness. And I could be wrong. Because I think there's several different ways of doing this. Like I said, I'm I'm not an expert on any of this. But they'll get a harness. 
And a lot of these boards can fit into this universal harness, so all, all they have to do is pretty much plug and play. It's not always that easy. I know on some of them there is a little bit more to it than that. But the community is a very vibrant community with a lot of people and a lot of places to go to figure this out if you really want to get into that. As for me, yeah, that's okay. Because, you know, a lot of those boards, you know, that's that's the thing with technology, especially old technology. When I started collecting video games and systems, I always said one thing, and one thing always stuck in my mind. I am not going to pay a lot of money for old technology. I don't care how collect- collectible it is. Because in 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 this world, when you collect something that's technology-based, you got to know that that's going to have some sort of shelf life. One day, this machine is not going to work anymore. And you can either get it fixed, and then you got to find somebody that knows how to fix it. How much is that going to cost you? So I've always been cautious on what I spend on old systems. Because I know that, or anything, technology-based. It may be collectible and, you know, whatever this person selling said item for may have the right price on it as far as what it's worth right now and its collectability. But me as a collector, I have to, I have to go by what I believe to be good for me and protecting myself from not losing money on something that is already 30, 40 years old or even 20 years old. So, you know, and and that's that's just one of the things out there. I mean, it, you know, like I said, if you, you could go down the rabbit hole and that thing runs deep when it goes for arcade machines. And that's cool. I love that. I love I I'll sit here and I'll watch uh documentaries on that or people just talking about it and and when they're passionate and when they know what they're talking about, it's so nice. And even though I may never have the urge to do that, I think it's so cool that people are out there doing it. People are out there rehabbing these machines, giving them new life, and being so passionate in keeping this stuff alive. And that's like the other thing I want to talk about is these guys with pinball machines. Because I would love to have a pinball machine down here. I would absolutely love to have a pinball machine. But if you think that those arcade cabinets are expensive, holy cow. Go shopping for pin uh, pinball machines. Good Lord. Look, you can find some that are out there for maybe 1000 or 2000 but that is, you are definitely going to need to give those things some TLC. And once again, if you're like me and you don't know how to work on those things, that can be an issue. You want to buy a new one? Well, look at dishing out anywhere from five to $10,000. Easy. Or even more. Depending on how fancy you want to get. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't have uh, $5,000 just laying around here. 
I can't imagine what the reaction of my wife would be if she came home one day and I said, uh, I just spent, I just bought a, I just bought a pinball machine. And at first she'd be like, oh, okay. Cause she doesn't know how much. And she'd be like, well, how much did that cost? I'm like, yeah, it cost $6,000. <laughs> Let me tell you where me and that pinball machine would be. <laughs> we would not be in this house. That's for sure. Uh, so I don't even know what my point here was. It, you know, it, it's just, you know, you see all this re- new resurgence, it seems like, into the consumer market of all these arcade machines. And even the pinball machine. Because I think uh, One Up Arcade 1UP is actually making a digital pinball machine. doesn't have the physical moving parts on the inside, but it's a screen, and it looks like a pinball machine, but it's all a digital. It's all a... Uh, you know, a video screen and that's how it plays. And I don't know how I don't, to me, I I think that's cool. I think that's cool. That is cool. But there's nothing like playing the real McCoy. And you know, those guys that are into that, they go strong because you know, you got you got Bally's and Stern and Jersey Jack and Williams. All those places they have, you know, licenses for different movies or whatever. I remember this this bar in the University of Champagne or University of Urbana. U of I. University of Illinois. University of Champagne. It's in Champaign, Urbana. And they had this old bar there with all these crap beers. And back in the corner, they had this old demolition man pinball machine. And every time I'd go in there, I'd be like, that is flipping awesome. Look at that thing. I mean, not only is that movie awesome, but the fact that there is a pinball machine there of that movie is fantastic. And the one thing, I think that bar ended up closing down. And my first thought was, man, that sucks. Because I really enjoyed that bar when when I'd go down there. I'm not from there. I'm I'm from closer to Chicago. But it's still not a, uh, a long drive. But my second thought was, man, I wonder what happened to that uh, Demolition Man arcade machine or pinball machine. I don't know. I hope it found a good home. Well, I'm lost here, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, I guess this is the end. Um, I feel like I should be sipping on a beer right now, telling you guys how good it is. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's uh, no bueno for me right now. And, uh, you know, eventually we're going to get back to it. You know, it, it was my fault. You know, I just... You know, I can't shove everything I want down my pie hole and that's bad for me and don't think that later on it isn't going to come back to bite me in the rear. So we'll get back to it. I'm just going to have to watch what I eat and lose this weight and uh, and we'll bring that back. I was My problem never was drinking too much beer. It was just drinking too much pop and, and food that's not good for you. But, you know, on a diet, beer is no bueno. So, 
That's going to be it for this time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in. I will try to get back to a regular schedule. Um, I know this one's late, but, uh, you know, couldn't be helped. And going forward, I think we should be able to get uh, back onto a regular schedule here, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Dan Brosman, saying good night and see you later.